Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Time For Us with me, your host, Danny Wallace. Alrighty, let's get into it. Today's episode, something interesting as far as I'm concerned, potentially something controversial, but then again, maybe not because ultimately it is 2023 and there's a part of me that feels like the word controversy or controversial has been redefined. And I think our boundaries have been pushed and our minds have been cracked open. And more than anything, this is just a conversation or a thought experiment, if you will. Something to just mull over, something to just think about, to stew over. So I decided I'm going to start this episode with an anecdote. And this, this whole, basically this entire episode came into formation based on conversations I've been having in my day-to-day life. And one of them was maybe not in any particular incident or any particular moment in time, but the general conversation that seems to be cropping up, and maybe it's an age thing because I'm in my 30s now, maybe it's a woman thing because I think no matter how fucking young or old you are, you will constantly be asked this question. But for me, it's been, do I want children? So that's been the question that's come to me. And oftentimes I've been asked this question in front of my partner. So I'll be with Aaron and we'll be out or something. And there'll be someone who who will say to us, oh, do you guys want kids? Or, Or how do you feel about having kids? And for me, the woman who's obviously going to be carrying this baby in my tummy, the impact of that question is far greater. And just even in terms of like my physical body's reaction, I'm kind of like, "Mm, it it makes me uncomfortable at the idea. And I understand this isn't necessarily something that applies to every single woman because there are women out there who are just born from the day dot itching to have children. And that's perfectly fine. I'm not one of those women. So when I get asked that question, my initial feeling is one of discomfort and I think I kind of imagine myself pregnant and I imagine myself giving birth and I imagine myself with a, a little tiny baby suckling on my nipple and all of these images flashed in my brain upon being asked that question and my response is generally like mm, I'm not really sure at the same time as the I my response is I'm not really sure. I'm kind of unclear on it. Aaron's response, and maybe not just Aaron, but I feel like men in general is, oh no, yeah, I want five kids. Again, generalizing on the men, like saying they want kids aspect. But generally speaking, men or males, penis owners, are generally quite like flippant with claiming how many children they want. And I think as the half of the party who is going to have to do most if not all of the heavy lifting in the arena of having kids the ease with which men answer that question really is alarming to me it's really quite alarming and the reason I'm mentioning all of this is because I feel like that moment that moment in time when I've been asked that question and I've had a very strong confident answer coming from the other half of the party who's not going to have to give birth or be pregnant, actually, or even breastfeed, or even have to fathom any of that kind of stuff, has such a, you know, forthright answer. And I've been standing there and I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, that's so nice. Like, that's really amazing for you that you just feel like you can say how many kids you want. And I guess I'll just pop them out. 
I think that that moment and like in my brain I was just like this is not okay this is just like I can't I can't stand for this can't stand for it and I feel like in that moment I decided alrighty going forward you know I think I was even having this chat with like my girlfriends I felt like really agitated about the way that, that these scenarios always play out and I think we were having like a girls night we were drinking some wine we were sitting around chatting and the conversation evolved into one around this topic and I said to them you know I was like you know what actually in my opinion if I'm gonna be pregnant there's this expectation that I'm just gonna like pop out babies and that we can you know I guess snap our fingers and babies appear you're gonna have to pay me to do that pregnancy is not a fucking joke in fact it's actually life-threatening I don't know if everyone forgets this shit everyone's like oh pregnancy is something so special and so beautiful yes okay cool like I'm not taking that away from you but legitimately you are putting your life on the line I'm sure that that's something that's very like much in the forefront of, of women's minds or pregnant women's minds but for the men out there like I don't actually know if you guys remember the fact that a lot of women died during childbirth historically speaking being pregnant increased your chances of mortality drastically like you were more likely to pick and yeah we just like throw it around like oh yeah I want kids so I decided I was like you know what actually hmm the discomfort that I feel in this scenario the expectation of me that I must just be okay with having kids and it's not to say that I don't want children but there's such a great disparity in terms of the toll that having a child takes on a woman and her body her mental well-being, her career, and every kind of aspect of being a woman, the toll that's taken on a woman is so much greater than that of a man. And for that reason, I'm going to be the person who says and has this opinion, pay me. If I'm going to be pregnant and have children, and this is obviously based on the premise of being privileged enough to have someone who has money to pay me, privileged enough to be able to plan my pregnancies, to have access to birth control, to even have access to terminating a pregnancy if I don't want a pregnancy. All of these are very privileged standpoints and I don't step into this conversation without complete awareness around that. But ultimately, in the standpoint that I have, I really truly feel that there is such a gap between what women actually do in order to have children and what men can do. There's very little that a man, in all honesty, can really do, aside from like supporting the mother of your child with your finances, with your time, with your energy, with your love. In my opinion, all of these things go without saying. In my opinion, all of that is a guaranteed, I'm not questioning any of that, but the act of being pregnant the act of pregnancy, the toll it takes on you, that is something which deserves honoring and compensation. I see it as it deserves some kind of equal sacrifice of which actually there is none. Fuck. So fuck me. There literally is no equal sacrifice on offer. And for that reason, I would like a monetary sacrifice. The reason for money, money is liberating, money is empowering, money doesn't necessarily have strings attached. It's something that I can just have and I can make decisions with around my life for. Money is outside of the, the child that we're bearing. Money is outside of the life that we're sharing. 
it is just in a way some kind of a gesture to acknowledge the work the labor the sacrifice and in a lot of ways like guys it's the loss as well there's a loss of a lot of things it's a loss of a lot of things you're getting a beautiful child 100p I don't think that I really don't feel like child rearing should be something that's as glamorized and as covered in glitter as it really is it's a very challenging things coming from someone who's not even a mother at all you know you have enough exposure to this shit to have an understanding that it's not a fucking cakewalk in order for me to feel as if my labor both in in terms of actually being in labor but also the labor of having a child growing inside of you the investment i am making of which you cannot match in any way unfortunately you cannot needs to be acknowledged to the degree that i want to be financially compensated for being pregnant and giving birth to a child so i'm going to get into more of the reasons around why i feel this way it's not just like some random thumb sucked opinion even though it might sound like that at this point in the podcast but i also put this question out to my instagram followers or friends that are out there and i got a few responses which i will also be discussing i feel like i also want to add one other thing which is that for a lot of people this might not seem like a very maternal sentiment and yes fine maybe in as much as the word maternal has thus far meant almost in a way sacrificing to a child it's like to be maternal implies some kind of a sacrifice or it implies some kind of a giving of self i would like to kind of pivot the word maternal and look at it in as much as it means the act of motherhood it's a word that's in relation to being the mother do you know what i'm saying like maternal you're the mom it's you it's about you in actual fact as a woman or as a uterus owner which might i add and i don't want to go on a complete feminist rampage but in a weird way it it's kind of necessary and i hope this doesn't turn you off just at the prospect of hearing me say that but or the prospect of me heading down a feminist rampage conversation but it really is kind of they are kind of intertwined and i do want to touch on another aspect of a, a woman's journey through motherhood or even being pregnant and our patriarchal system that's in place for most of our medical history only fairly recently have mothers been the focus of medical care when it comes to childbirth in the past if you can even wrap your head around this the maternal mortality rate that's a very wow tongue twister but the rate of death amongst mothers was not even it wasn't even taken down no one was even keeping track of those numbers or those statistics and the only thing that mattered was the mortality of the child that was the only thing that was really being looked at which speaks to how discarded motherhood is or just being a mother is or like you know it's just is so embedded with sacrifice and just accepting whatever's handed to you and just suffering it's like motherhood and suffering and sacrifice just all they're actually just fucking synonyms and it's actually bullshit it's bullshit anyway let me just 
like wrap that up a little bit and get into kind of some bullet points, which I might have touched on already, but I'm going to drill down deeper into as to why I feel as though I should be financially compensated for pregnancy specifically. I understand that the question I put out onto Instagram was for bearing children and raising children. My point that I'm making now is specifically around bearing, as in having a pregnancy, being pregnant, and giving birth. Obviously, without doubt, we should be compensated or women should be taken care of financially for raising children because that is a full-time job as far as I'm concerned. This conversation, like in my opinion, like that conversation shouldn't even be being had. I know that sounds dismissive. We are going to have it. But when I say that, I just mean that's how commonplace that should actually be. And I'm kind of taking it a step further in terms of saying more than if I'm going to be staying home and raising these kids and we're not getting a nanny, that I should be compensated for that financially. More than that, there is a sacrifice that's being taken in terms of being pregnant, in terms of risking my life in order to have a baby that should be compensated for. Okay, I'm going to kind of get into some facts around that. One of them is Obviously, as I've mentioned several times, the physical impact of being pregnant, the impact on your body, the impact on your mind, the impact on your life, on on everything, okay? I'm going to make a very, I think it's a relatively, and when I say fair comparison, I hope you understand why, a fair comparison to having your period, okay? Think about that. As a woman, when you have your period, your body starts preparing you for, in essence, leading up to your period, it's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to grow a baby in here. Hormones are going nuts. Things in your body are changing. Your tits are fucking expanding at a rate of knots. Your uterus is cramping. All of these things are happening just for a simple period. And when I say simple period, I mean simple in comparison to fucking being pregnant and growing a human being in your body. Having your period in no way compares to being pregnant, but the reason I mention it is to highlight a tiny, tiny correlation or even provide a little peek through a window into the effect that our hormones and our female experience has on our quality of life even, on the way that we feel day to day on our experience in our body physically. So before I get into the impact that being pregnant and having a child has on your career, I'm kind of going to backpedal a little bit and look into, not even look into, just make a commentary on the maintenance that goes into the privilege of planning a pregnancy, okay? The maintenance that goes into that. So leading up to the moment of you being pregnant, There are gynecological appointments that you have to attend to, which are not cheap in any way at all, at all, at all, at all. You have to go for your gynae appointments, aside from the discomfort and just like the all-round, look, they cuck. No one wants to have their legs spread on a table, wearing a gown and have a metallic duck bill shoved into you to have someone peer inside of you and take a swab of your uterus you know that's not actually fun believe it or not I know that sounds exciting it's really not that fun so we have these gynae appointments 
that are financially taxing and physically taxing. Then we also have the cost of birth control. So if we're on the pill, we have to pay for that. If you're on the copper tea, you have to pay for that. If you're on the marina, you have to pay for that. And aside from financial paying, you also have to pay for it physically. I'm on the copper tea and I'm very grateful that it's not hormonal. But I mean, there's never been a price that I've never paid. Like I've, I've always paid a price for being the person who has to control when I fall pregnant. If I was on the pill, the price that I was paying was a hormonal price and I didn't feel myself and I felt depressed. Can you fucking believe it? Then now being on the cup of tea, the price I'm paying is severe period cramps and extensive bleeding and just general discomfort and a fucked up pH balance in my uterus. So there's all these things that there's just like tolls, tolls, taxes, taxes, this burden that we bear. We all know that there's no male contraceptive And for all of these reasons, leading up to the fact that when I do actually have a baby with you, if it's a planned pregnancy, you need to compensate me for the historical data that's leading up to this point, the fact that my uterus is fertile, the fact that it's ready to receive your semen is something that didn't just fucking happen overnight. It's something that I've had to diligently, conscientiously apply myself to. Now, if we look at the career aspect of it, okay, this for me is probably the the actual linchpin, the entire backbone, the cornerstone of this, I guess, I don't want to say argument because argument implies opposition. It's not an argument, but it is a dialogue that we are stepping into hand in hand thank you so much love you for it okay so let's get into the career impact radio you fall pregos you preg sticks you are pregolas you are in fact prego rolls and by the way can i just add something so funny in my mind the other day erin had bought us dinner and he was gonna make us prego rolls on the weber And I got home and he was like, babe, I'm going to make you pregos. And I was like, do you hear yourself, sir? Do you in fact know what you are suggesting? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You're going to make me pregos. And he didn't get it. But I personally relished in the moment in which my boyfriend told me he was going to make me pregos for such excitement and didn't realize what he was saying. Okay, so if we look at it, You're pregnant for nine months. Aside from the actual fact that you can still work while you are pregnant, if we have to wrap our heads around climbing the corporate ladder, being promoted, being given more responsibility, or getting a raise, okay? Yes, you can work while you're pregnant. No one's taking that away from you. We understand pregnant women are fucking powerful creatures. But let's just look at the societal landscape in which we exist, okay? You're pregnant, nine months. Oaks know that at some point you're going to have to punch your ticket and get the fuck out of there because you're going to have to have a baby. And there's no guarantee that you're going to come back, to be honest with you. You might say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, take a few months off or however many months, even if it might be in your mind when you are articulating that to your manager or whoever is in charge of your career, whatever it is. No, it's just going to be a finite amount of time. 
there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case, okay? And I think that people have this presumption and this viewpoint that if you're pregnant, it's kind of like, okay, well, like, check you never. Do you know what I mean? Your career, without doubt, warps. It changes shape. If I was a hiring manager and I had a pregnant lady working underneath me and I'm not even a man and she was like, Danny, I'm pregnant. I'd be like, bangers and mash. Awesome. Let's do it. Then she was like, I'm going on maternity leave. Amazing. I'm having my baby. Fabulous. Like literally all around amazing. But throughout that period in time, there's absolutely no way in hell I'm going to look at her as a candidate for promotion for anything, for t- to be handed over more responsibility, to be offered the opportunity to take on more projects, to prove herself. Like, think about it. Why would you? In your mind, you're just thinking she's going to have to leave to have a baby, which is a pretty fucking huge, massive, incredible deal. We're not at all. In fact, in a weird way, withholding work from her is kind of like fuck I'm anticipating the shit you're about to go through and how serious what you are undertaking actually is and for that reason I can't predict how you're going to respond to it but secondary to that I'm just gonna like give you some space I'm not gonna put myself in a position in which you can't deliver on my expectations of you by giving you more responsibility okay So that's some kind of a career impact. That's not even when you've had your baby and if you're a stay-at-home mom. Let's just look at it. It's not even if you're a stay-at-home mom. You can even be like, I'm coming back into the workforce. You can say like, I'm super committed. And maybe you are one of those women. And maybe you did do that. Maybe you, or maybe you will. I don't know, you know, who's listening to this. Maybe you said, I'm coming back. Like, you know, guns are blazing. And you did. But I can tell you now for free that you being pregnant handbraked your career as a fact, as a fucking fact. Because why would someone promote you when they know that you're going to take leave? You know what I mean? And like, there's no guarantee that you're going to come back because in a lot of instances, women stay with their children. So now we've discussed kind of, or very briefly, the being pregnant, working while you're pregnant. Okay, then you take maternity leave, you have your baby. The recovery time on that, Lord knows. Do you know what? Postpartum, I don't actually think it's given enough credit. And I will read some of the responses that I got from people around this topic. But generally speaking, it's like you have your baby. There's not actually enough time that's attributed to respect what's demanded of you as a parent, to be frank. And generally speaking, as the woman, I think I think it's almost like if you can look at it as you're wounded, like I know that it sounds like I'm making all these hectically negative comparisons, but if you were in the battlefield with your partner, right, and you could just humor me the concept that you are two soldiers on the same mission, okay, whether that be a career mission or also even the mission of taking care of an infant, at the end of the day, one of the soldiers is wounded, and that is the woman, The woman is a wounded soldier. And I know that that sounds so far out, but if you think about the impact that happens to a woman's body when she gives birth, even the concept of a cesarean, you get your stomach cut open. They cut through your 
abdominal muscles through your uterus through your flesh in order to extract a massive chunk of human being and then stitch you up like those are genuinely battle wounds okay now imagine you are recovering from that you have all the craziest hormones coursing through your body you are dealing with the concept of having something that was within you without of you I mean that's a mind fucking itself aside from the psychology of it alone and you're like I guess I expected to kind of shuffle along with your career or be a bit of a mum, but then also, you know, don't use the fact that you're a woman or the fact that you decided to have children as the reason for you not being that far along in your career. Okay, like don't use that as an excuse. Don't blame men. It's not fair. Okay, so you've had your baby. You've been through war. Your body has been through war. Psychologically, physically, the works. Your whole life has been turned upside down. You've gone through the most. It would be nine months plus a year. Okay, so we round it up to two years in which at the minimum you would be, I would say, completely committed, completely tied down to your infant. And this is like a general generalization again, but I feel like it's nine months of pregnancy, at least a year after that, it's a lot, okay? And do you know how long it takes your body to recover? It takes your body fuck long to recover. So even if you weren't just dealing with the fact that you're a mom and having that connection and attachment to an infant and your child and mitigating that in amongst your career trajectory, your physical recovery is something to be noted. And if there's one thing that my eyes have been completely opened to, it's from reading that book that I mentioned in one of my previous podcasts called What Happened to You, where I had the complete mind-altering, psyche-expanding realization or input of information around the importance of being a present, dedicated, loving, responsive parent in the formative, very early years of your child's life and how those beginning years are in fact far more consequential to the development of your child as an adult or as a functioning adult than what the latter years are. Children actually remember a lot more, and when I say children, infants, their bodies, their brains form in response to the external environment and it impacts your child's development drastically. So, you know, all of that considered... There's a massive obligation as far as I can see it and from my personal exploration of the subject, which is exactly what this podcast is, to be present for your child, especially in their infancy. Okay, so I posed this question on Instagram in order to get some different perspectives, different opinions on a topic that I was very eager to discuss. And the question I put out there was, should women be financially compensated for bearing and raising babies? Why or why not? Okay, and I got actually a total of 15 responses, which I think is pretty decent, to be honest with you. If I have to break down the responses and their general, I guess, outcomes... 
I have them as yes, no, and then depends, okay? We have eight yeses, which is 53%. We have five noes, which is 33%. And we have two depends, which is 13%. So I would say, if, like more than 53, generally, I would even say 68 is generally tending towards yes. And of all the responses I got, only three of them were men and two of the men who responded said yes. And only one man said no. Okay, so I'll read you some of the responses I got. Fuck yes. Okay, these are all anonymous, hey? I have such an opinion on this, we'll probably have to send a message. Okay, so this person sent me a very long message, which I would like to touch on after these random responses. Another response, raising, yes, especially if they are a stay-at-home parent that looks after everything. Another yes. Okay, at least a million, you know who you are. That's one of my friends commenting based on a conversation we'd have or we've had. Another one, I think if I've given up my career that I should be given a monthly allowance slash salary for myself another one and this is also a male's response definitely like at least a year of maternity leave should be the standard the other male response i got was yes and then the third male response i got was traditional lifestyle and traditional woman for the win okay we have women are taken care of financially if they are in the right marriage slash relationship another response is Yep, men must cuck and batal. Love that one. <laughs> Another one is no, but they should have five to seven years of paid maternity leave. Postpartum is long. Another response, no. Another response, yes. So there's several responses that I've gotten, which I, I think were quite amazing to inform this conversation. And it also was quite like heartwarming for me to feel as though I'm not entirely smoking my socks and having the strong opinion that I do of, I guess, being compensated for something. Because it seems as though the general consensus is that women should be compensated. So there is one response that I would like to read out to you, just based on the fact that this person went out of their way to send me quite a lengthy response. And it is someone who has just had a baby. She's a young woman and this is her response. Hi Danny. simply put, my opinion is yes, women should be financially compensated. Having just had a baby and currently being on maternity leave, I can wholeheartedly say that caring for a baby is a full-time job. In an ideal world, yes, we would be compensated for raising a baby, but we don't live in an ideal world. And economics are particularly unstable slash unpredictable at this time so it's hard to say where those finances would come from but i will lay out my thinking as if we are in an ideal world me staying home to care for our baby is what makes it possible for my husband an equal and willing partner in choosing to make and have a baby to continue working and building his career without me he would have to stall his professional development just as i am doing now there's no time off feeling sick no sick days, feeling overwhelmed, no leave days to take a break and restore yourself. I don't clock off at the end of the day or over the weekend. In the beginning when you have a newborn, that feeling of exhaustion is very reminiscent of burnout. I don't think it's realistic to think that the government could pay salaries, but I think there could be compensation in other forms. Grocery subsidies, 
basic baby care essentials at discounted rates, maybe things like reducing monthly utilities to help with bills and such things, all for a limited time, of course, or until you return to work. So she goes on to say that some people can say, why did you decide to have a child if you're not willing to take on the financial burden of doing so and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think more than that, it's like we live in such an imbalanced society and there's many, many, many reasons why everything she's saying is completely, completely valid. As you might have heard in some of the other responses, there have been a few comments that have kind of filtered back to the idea of there being a general compensation due as opposed to it just being something that's aimed specifically at the baby daddy which I can see and honor in its entirety I really think that ultimately there is some kind of support that's needed like drastically needed and it's got to come from somewhere because it's it's just really unfair considering that women are the entire reason that our civilization keeps going. They are the entire reason why anyone who's listening to this, anyone, whether you are a male or a female, women are the reason that you are where you are in your life right now. I don't think I'm being dramatic when I tell you, and including myself, we all owe our lives to women. We owe our lives to a woman who decided more than being impregnated, more than falling pregnant, they decided I'm going to keep this child and I'm going to carry this child and it's going to fucking take it out of me, but I'm going to do it anyway. So if I just have to try and add to the controversy, as we like to say, inverted commas of this subject and reference an actual monetary amount that I decided would be fitting you know this is kind of like at one point I was saying a million rand per pregnancy okay and I was like initially I kind of thought that I was being a bit ballsy I was like oh my god Danny being so like you know in your face a million rand per pregnancy if you actually have to look at it and again this is from such a privileged point of view and I'm in no way in a weird way, you know what, everything, as with any podcast I will ever make till the end of time, there is a sliding scale of experience. There are people who are so much richer than that. There are people who are so much poorer than that. And then there are just me who has their way of seeing the world, okay? I was saying a million rand, but based on a recent girls' night focus group, if you can call it that, I was told that like, if we think about it rationally, with this economy, it's really not actually that much. And let me tell you why. I have done the maths. I looked at my salary. Okay, now I'm a freelancer, but back when I had a job, I had a salary, obviously, as a, I guess, and like, I don't know, what would you call it? Like midweight, midweight copywriter, I would say. Yeah, midweight copywriter, midweight copywriter. Um, which is my first job as a copywriter, BT Dubs. But yes, midweight copywriter. And I looked at my annual income and like, this is very exposing, but I don't really fucking care because let's just be honest. In case anyone listens to me saying like a million rand is being obnoxious, just fucking listen to this maths, okay? 
My annual income as a midweight copywriter was 420k, okay? Over two years, as we said earlier, which would be the number of years or the amount of time, which would be the minimal application as a mother from pregnancy to just, you know, a year later. I mean, it's, not, it's really not a lot, guys. That, that is literally the fucking minimal. And if you make it two years and you add those two years together, you end up with 840,000 rand. When you compare that to my initial instinct of saying a million rand per pregnancy, we really are not that far off, especially when we, aside from looking at the career aspect or the loss of income from that point of view or the loss of promotion or the loss of financial gain and the impact on your career trajectory, you know, the shit that you go through is enough in itself. The fact that we're throwing around the million round number and in all honesty, my salary, look, it's out there now. I'm not sure what the rest of the world is earning. That might be considered a decent salary. I think in terms of the spectrum of what's considered enough to fucking have a child, Jesus Christ, enough to be an adult person who is raising and is responsible for another human being, at least in the in the realm in which I exist, which I'm also grateful for and I know is definitely privileged. I don't think it's a good salary to be frank. I don't know if I should even say that a lot. I don't know whether it's good or it's a bad salary. I think it's an average salary. I think it's a fucking average salary from what I've heard for someone who's my age in the in the in the action no it's an average salary in the spectrum of what you can earn at my age as a professional it's an average salary and for that reason a million rand per pregnancy do you know what consider it a fucking deal just shake my hand right now and say shake it before I change my mind shake it before I change my mind because it's gonna go up all I'm telling is now it's not going down it is not going down it's only gonna go up so if I can shake my hand and say deal so that's the best thing you can do very revealing getting to the numbers but like who fucking cares because that's just if I'm not being revealing then why am I even why why am I on this podcast do you know what I mean why are you listening who knows I'm gonna get a little bit deeper and I'm going to unpack further into look this has ended up being a very long podcast In as far as my general solo episodes go, they are usually 30 minutes. This is a very lengthy topic to cover. I felt like I needed to give it as much attention as possible. I had to try and approach it from every which angle. And in fact, I have been putting off discussing this topic. It has been in my pipeline for months, for months and months and months. But I just thought to myself, Danielle, just don't go there. Like, I don't know if you're going to do it justice. I don't know if you're going to do it justice. And then I thought to myself, do you know what? You'll do it as much justice as you can. And if anything, as I've said multiple times, it's a conversation opener. Okay. Furthermore, I'm going to, I love that. How's that for a bridge? Furthermore, okay. Men have the upper hand in terms of the society in which we exist, which I know we hate the word patriarchy, but it is the bedrock of our society as it is right now okay and when I say men have the upper hand I'm not really trying to be saucy not trying to be feminist because ultimately 
there is still a motherfucking pay gap. Just by the way, can we like just take a moment for that? There is still a pay gap. There is a gender pay gap, guys. As I'm, as you are listening to this in 2023, in July 2023, there is a gender pay gap. The research that I've done has shown me that it varies, so I can't really put my finger on it, but it's from about 8% to 20%, depending on the industry. So generally, men get paid more than women. Just as what it is, here we are in 2023, we're so fucking progressive, we've got AI busting out the seams left, right and center, there's all sorts of weird fucking shit happening all around us, we can barely keep track, and then people get irked at the concept of us being moderately feminist or being a little bit like, hmm, we live in a patriarchy. Everyone like shits their pants and makes us feel like we're being so over the top when an actual fact, and when I say actual fact, I mean like motherfucking hard, cold, dead serious fact, a gender pay gap still exists to this very day, which is quite disconcerting to me. And you might be thinking to yourself, Danielle, how does mentioning the gender pay gap apply to the topic of this podcast? Well, let me try and stitch all the thoughts that are floating around in my head together. And I'll start by tracing it all back to the 1940s and the 1950s, which were only, it was only about 70 to 80 years ago, at which point in time women were not considered equal to men. And in fact, discrimination against women was legal. Women could be denied a job purely because of the fact that they were women. There were lower education rates because women actually weren't allowed to study many practices. Weren't, we weren't welcome in a lot of industries. There was also something known as feminine jobs in which we were, women were perceived as having more like dexterity of the fingers. So taking notes and being a secretary and all these wonderful things or sewing or whatever the fuck else were way more aligned with being a woman. Okay, so we were like bucketed into a very specific kind of work role. Generally speaking, a lot of what I've just mentioned has fallen away. So we're not saying we live in the 1940s or the 1950s at all. Not saying that. Amazing, praised be. We're very grateful for that. But one of the things that have not fallen away and is one of the key causes for the gender pay gap is the fact that there is the understanding, perception, and expectation that women should raise children. That women are the ones that are going to raise the children. And for that reason, there is an incredible disparity in wealth across across everything, guys. The percentage of billionaires, granted there are, I guess, I think from the research that I've done, there are a fair amount, I would say 40% of entrepreneurs are women, great. But if you look at what are well-established large corporations majority of them are male run majority of our governments globally are run by men and i just find this super fascinating and it really is something that piques my interest and i think it's so worth having this conversation because especially you know the reason i actually kind of 
veered into ex- exploring this a bit more, I always had the statement to make around the gender pay gap, which is still in existence. And if you guys have ever watched a series on Netflix called Explain, they discuss the gender pay gap. Listen to it. It's super fascinating. I would definitely advise you get more into that. They kind of explain it. They Obviously, it's a fucking documentary. They do a far better job of than what I'm doing right now. But what I am trying to convey to you is that I didn't just thumb suck this information and that truth be told, the main cause for the gender pay gap is the fact that women bear children and raise children. Alrighty. If we have to look at it, okay, and like let's just like let our heads take a moment to understand what I've just said. Women get paid less because they have to take time out of their lives in order to raise children at which point their partners if they are men or generally speaking male female dynamic the males stay in the workforce and they continue pursuing their careers for that reason over the two years that a woman is in a way debilitated or taken out of true I would say real consideration from a work perspective and over those two years, their partners have opportunity to be promoted, to increase their salaries, to climb the corporate ladder, and by virtue of that fact, they earn more. So in my mind, I found this really, really fascinating because thank God I opened this conversation up to the rest of the world. And the feedback I got was on, as I've mentioned, there being some kind of other input. So whether it be from the government, from some kind of other aspect, another entity needs to be contributing to what we go through like corporations can be subsidizing things government could be supporting women who are pregnant all of these things were quite eye-opening to me and it made me think it's like quite a full circle moment in my mind how I see it and that's that I understand this is kind of how I see it let me put it this way I understand that for someone listening to this it might be The thought that might cross your mind is, Danielle, it's quite unfair for you to peg the entirety of the disparity in the world, the patriarchal inequality on one single person and that being your partner. And I hear you and that's fine for you to think that. That's fine. My way of rationalizing and making sense of the world might be a bit different to yours. But how I kind of see it is that It's the truth that most corporations are run by men and governments are primarily run by men. So I found an article on the UN website specifically around female participation in government and this is what the sentence read. As of the 1st of January 2023, there are 31 countries where 34 women serve as heads of state and or government. At the current rate... Gender equality in the highest positions of power will not be reached for another 130 years. I just thought that I would put that on the table for digestion, okay? At the current rate, gender equality in the highest positions of power will not be reached for another 130 years. That's pretty wild, guys. That's quite a lot to really digest. That's quite a lot to accept, in my opinion. And 
it also you know it's just like I think that I think the bridge that I'm trying to make is that I understand that we love to say equality amongst the genders and that men and women are equal and equal opportunities and we don't see women as different and all the shit and I understand that and I respect that and I'm not saying that that's not the case in some instances but fundamentally there are differences between men and women and those differences have been hindrances for women as they operate in the society which has been constructed predominantly by men in my mind once again the fact that there are men predominantly men that literally rule the world that govern countries that for gender equality to take place it's going to take another 130 years this article was published by the un in january 2023 it it just it it sparks something in my mind and the dots that i'm connecting are such that if the reason that women are withheld from progressing in their careers if the general largest reason is childbirth and motherhood okay and that is the reason that men have progressed further than women and for that reason men own more money globally and more than that run more of our entire existence they run governments they just have more freedom to make themselves established in the world they have more freedom to pursue careers they just have more access to power and all of that is at the cost of women and and when i say that it's because it doesn't have to be because women could decide that they don't want to have children and we could just be like you know what no or there could even be a point where it's like do you know what i'm not gonna do it unless unless i'm compensated financially for it which is the conversation i'm having right now and the souvenir to walk away with coming out of this journey with me is that the reason men are in power is because women have been prescribed the role of motherhood and pregnancy which in our existing capitalistic society and our existing landscape of success is actually a disability that's just the truth it is a disability and luckily for me the relationship that i have with my partner airy pops love you a standout example is that i had this conversation with erin honestly months ago way before i even sat down behind this microphone and decided to try and articulate myself on the subject and I said to him, I was like, do you know what? Like, this is what I've been thinking. And I said it really flippantly. And he was like, Jesus Christ, that makes perfect sense. And he completely agrees that there needs to be some kind of a financial compensation for the journey of being pregnant and of bearing children and like the tax that comes onto your body as a result of that and by virtue of it taxing your body it taxes your career and it taxes your life and there's many other things that it taxes so love you my babe thank you for seeing my radical points of views sometimes but I'm going to get back to trying to stitch this all together which earlier I mentioned the significance of there being a majority male faction in our governments and if you consider the people who tax you who govern you 
who make rules about your life are majority males, you have to ask yourself the question, how did they get there? Like, how did they get to this position of power? And why is there such a lack of female presence? And I really hope that everything we've discussed prior to this touches on that fact. You know, this the idea of compensation or financial compensation might seem super random. But in my opinion, I'm like, how is the situation going to change if it doesn't change? And in my view, while right now I might not be able to personally change our government's contribution to the female experience in terms of childbirth or bearing children or subsidies or anything along those lines. And when I say like personally change or right now, it's not to say that I couldn't start a campaign and start some kind of mass movement towards demanding more like legal infrastructure around supporting women in these situations it's actually is something to consider in all honesty that is something to consider but i think more than that what i'm trying to think of is what do i have direct control over and what i have direct control over is the partner with which i am going to create offspring with and that is a decision that i get to make that has direct impact on my life personally So in a personal capacity, I feel as though I can exact some kind of progress by at the very least demanding the attention of my male partner. And I'm emphasizing male because this might not apply to every single couple or relationship out there, but demanding the attention of my male partner in this regard. And if females or uterus owners could adopt a similar thinking I think then evolution in the microcosm, and when I say microcosm, I mean like the family home or the family unit, could impact our future macrocosm, which would be our government and our society. We could kind of shift some kind of perception around what's really going on on a small scale in the vicinity in which we have direct impact, then that does have a ripple effect. And I think that that could at least create awareness. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I think this was a rather interesting one. I know that it's longer than usual, but as I said, it's quite a lot to cover and to try and deliver. And I wanted to try and do it justice. With that said, this is just an opinion. This is my point of view. Doesn't mean that it's gospel. Doesn't mean that I'm projecting it onto anyone else as how they should perceive the world. Everyone is entitled to see things entirely as they choose to and I celebrate everyone else's perspective with that said if you see me out and you think hmm Danny, you made quite a whack little podcast please like let's get into that conversation I would love to unpack it further and in addition to that you know like I think as I've iterated many many times this is just a matter of opening the floor for discussion and it doesn't go to say that I can't change my mind that's also the thing like people get so attached to their opinions as though it's a part of them yeah it's a part of me right now it's how I perceive the world right now but that might change it literally might change by next week Monday and it is what it is the point is that we've had this conversation and we've thought about things from a different angle so thank you so much for investing your time into listening to the spiel 
I hope that it was interesting. I hope that it kind of made some sense. And uh, yeah, like, you know what? I had fun doing it. It kind of has, I don't know why it's put like a, an, an exponential fear of God in me having this conversation. And I think it's just because of, yeah, like the fact that it kind of, it's poking holes in a lot of everything that I think we all agree upon. So it makes me a little bit nervous, I must be honest. But I've had the conversation anyway, and as they say, niggy take backs. Please, will you follow me on Spotify if you would like to hear more of my podcasts and be in the know as soon as they come out. Rate my podcast on Spotify as well if you haven't yet, please. I'd really appreciate that. And if you have any questions, concerns, or queries... You can DM me on Instagram. You can DM me uh, at Dan underscore Ann Wallace. Please no dick pics. New episodes out every Wednesday. Thank you for making time for us. Bye.